0: Yeah. Because of what the Lord has done for us. Yeah, thanks. Alright,
1: greet somebody around you today.
2: We're going to try to sing together
1: again.
2: All right, let's sing it together. Ready?
0: Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given. Jesus Christ. thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say one the lord
2: Copy of God's Word and be finding the little book of Micah. The little book of Micah, and that's near the end of the Old Testament. And uh, if you would, keep your hymnal nearby. We're going to be opening it because we're beginning a brand new summer series this morning that we're calling from the hymnal. And what we're doing is we're taking some hymns uh, that we know and looking at them and letting them drive us to the Scripture. Uh, to consider some of the truths that they teach us, to present to us in musical form. As you know, a lot of churches have gotten rid of their hymn books. Now, some have gotten rid of the books and kept the hymn, and they sing off a screen and so forth, and then some have just gotten rid of the hymns altogether. Uh, They've just thrown them both out, the books and the songs. Now, sometimes people want to know, they want to know, what are our plans here? What is the ultimate plan when it comes to the music? Well, I'll just remind you of a couple things very quickly. Uh, In the pew rack in front of you is a brand new hymn book. We just replaced the hymn books, uh, if that tells you anything. I love music, and I love the songs that we sing here, and I thank God for the wonderful Christian music that has been written down through the years that are published in hymn books, and I thank God for the wonderful Christian music being written today, and these things speak to my heart. Uh, in a wonderful way, uh, but I do thank God for the older songs and uh, those hymns that have stood the test of time, and it's my desire, as long as you let me stay here, as long as the Lord lets me stay here, uh, and when I leave, then that's up to y'all, but uh, my desire is that we always sing both that we did what we did this morning. We sang older songs. We started with Amazing Grace. Then we sang a newer song in the hymn book, Give Thanks. Then we sang a contemporary song, You're a Good, Good Father. And then they sang a southern song, a toe-tapping, I feel like traveling on, but don't travel yet. We're not done. So we have a mixture of music here, and that's my desire, and I thank God for that. You come during Bible school, it'll be very lively here. You go with us to camp, it's very lively. Then there are times we come and it's very solemn, very reverent. I think all of that's right, and all of that is good. But since we're talking about the hymnal, and we're talking about the hymns, let me give you some of the reasons why I always want us to sing hymns, and always sing some of these older songs. First of all, because they're so rich in Bible truth and theological truth, and they're so, uh, have such a depth about them, and they unite us in so many ways. Hymns cross denominational barriers, uh, hymns that cross generational barriers. They unite us in a way that glorifies God. And I can stand at the graveside of someone. And they might be a Baptist, they might be a Methodist, they might be a Presbyterian, they might be something else. And we can join our hearts together and sing to praise, uh, sing praises to God like we did this morning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Now that's true of newer songs, but not as many people know all the newer songs. And the newer songs come and they go and they come and they go. But some of these older songs, they hang around and they stay around. And we know them and we can sing them. The words of some of these old hymns speak to us in ways that nothing else can. It's interesting, when I sit down with a family to plan out a, a service, a funeral service, and we discuss how many of the same hymns rise to the surface. We want to sing this song. Can we sing this song? Can we have this song sung? Furthermore, they also bind us to our history. To think about that we sing songs in this room uh, that our forefathers, now this building's not that old, but maybe a hundred years ago, they were singing, the Red Hill Baptist Church were singing some of the same songs that we're singing now. And so my point is, I want us always to sing old songs and new songs and songs that are middle-aged if there are middle-aged songs and to sing songs that bring honor and glory to the Lord. But we're going to be looking this morning and in this series at some of the hymns and one of the sweetest sounds This side of heaven is to hear a congregation lift their voice and praise the Lord. Now, I get the best seat in the house when that happens. Why? Because I'm standing in front of you, and I hear you. Well, most of you, it's a sweet sound. but uh, uh, I hear you, and then I'm sandwiched in between the choir, and I hear them. And so I get to hear surround sound as we lift. And in this service, I was hearing, give thanks with a grateful heart, and I was hearing it. And surround sound. And so this morning we're going to be looking at an old song. And enough of all that. Let's look at the song and look at the scripture. And I want to introduce this song to him. I'll let Clint Bonner do it for us because he does it such a wonderful way. He writes these words. The Lake Michigan steamer pointed its bow south by west toward the docks of Chicago. On board was 44-year-old Presbyterian minister William Merrill. Now, William Merrill was born in Orange, New Jersey in 1867. He would go on to be the pastor of Chicago's 6th Presbyterian Church. Now, at the turn of the century and more than a decade after, the Presbyterian churches, they were sponsoring a worldwide brotherhood movement. And ministers preached and, and, and laymen spoke and scribe's penned editorials and assemblies were held trying to promote this gathering of men and, and raising up godly men. And that's why he was on that Great Lakes steamer in 1911. He was returning to a Chicago pulpit from a tour in the interest of this brotherhood movement. Well, a short time earlier, uh, editor Nolan Best, who was the editor of a periodical called The Continent, had suggested that they need a hymn for their brotherhood movement. They need a song that they could sing. And so to pass the time on that steamer, Dr. Merrill found whatever he could find to read of interest. I guess kind of like when we go to the dentist or doctor's office and our thumb goes dead. Just whatever's there. He began reading and he came across an article uh, by Gerald Stanley Lee entitled The Church of the Strong Men. And he read the article, The Church of the Strong Men, and before that steamer tied up to the dock in Chicago, the song that we're about to talk about was written. Dr. Merrill said, and I quote, suddenly this hymn came up almost without conscious thought or effort, end quote. Now, if you'll take your hymn book, you'll find it on page 373, and I'll just ask you, if you would, to keep your hymn book open, you can lay it under your Bible, And we're going to talk about the verses of the hymn and talk about the Scripture. And when I thought about this song, I think it's a most appropriate song for Father's Day. And you'll find it when you get there. 373 is the song, Rise Up, O Men of God. When I thought about the words of this song a verse of Scripture came to my mind and you'll find it there in the little book of Micah. Now, Micah's not a book that you probably spend a lot of time in. I don't think I've ever met anyone and asked them, you know, what's your favorite book of the Bible? And they said, my favorite book of the Bible is Micah. You know, I might get Psalms, might get Proverbs, might get the book of James or Philippians or something. But very, I don't think I've ever had anybody say, anybody have their favorite book is Micah? No? But there's a little verse in Micah and if you'll go ahead and find the sixth verse, I mean, the uh, sixth chapter of Micah. And can I just say while you're finding it that, that we need men of God today? We need men of God who love Jesus Christ and love the church. We need men of God who will love their families and shepherd their families. We need men who are godly, men who are filled with integrity. And let me just kind of clarify something for a moment. A real man. Um, it's not having grease under your fingernails or bullets strapped across your chest. There's nothing wrong with that. Those are good things. If you, if you work and you have grease under your fingernails and, and you need bullets strapped across your chest, that's a wonderful thing. It's not about bulging muscles as great as they are. It's not about being macho or having bravado or having a big ego. That's what Hollywood says, that a real man, he has a real man, is Rambo, and there he is, and there's a real man. But can I just tell you, beloved, that uh, a real man, uh, the picture of true masculinity, the picture of true manhood is none other than the God-man, Jesus Christ. If you want to know what a real man looks like, if you want to know what a godly man looks like, look no further than Jesus Christ. Now I think because of paintings and things we've seen, that you look at some of those and you think, well, I don't know about that. But realize that's just some artist's rendition. When you look at the life of Christ in the Gospels, and the Scripture, you want to know what a real man looks like? What a godly man looks like? Look no further than the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus exemplified everything we're about to talk about. Everything we're about to talk about. He lived out the verse we're about to study. Now you're there in Micah. And you found the 6th chapter, and I want you to find verse 8. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. And it says, it's on the screen if you don't have it in front of you in your Bible. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly, with your God. Now, it's interesting. We'll come back to that verse. But it's interesting what it says, He has shown you, past tense. Uh, this is not the first time God has given this instruction. In fact, let me put some other verses up for you to take a look at with me. Genesis 18, 19. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Uh, furthermore, Deuteronomy chapter ten, verse twelve. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. By the way, Micah. You don't know a lot about Micah. Micah's ministering at the same time as Isaiah and Hosea, or Isaiah and Hosea. And listen to what those two have to say. Isaiah chapter one, verse seventeen. He says, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. And then Hosea chimes in in Hosea chapter 12, verse six. So you, by the help of your God, return, observe mercy and justice and wait on your God continually. So, fellas, if you're wondering, what does God want of me? Maybe you felt that way in your life in other areas. What does my boss want of me? What does my wife want of me? Well, if you've ever wondered, what does God want of you? Well, here it is in a nutshell. Three things are mentioned in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. By the way, ladies, this is for you as well, so don't check out on this. These things are for you as well. Let's look at them one by one. What does the Lord want you to do? Well, first of all, He wants you to do justly. Do justly. Now, what does that mean? It means to do right. Do right. Ah, but there's the problem, preacher. Who defines what is right? I mean, isn't right a personal thing? I mean, aren't there some things that are right for you and not right for me? There are those who think so. There are those who think that this whole idea of right and wrong is relative and it's all based upon what you think and what you desire. And uh, right is up to the individual. Right is up to the circumstances. Right is up to whatever's going on at the moment. But you see, beloved, God did not tell us to make up what is right or even come up with what is right. He tells us to do what is right. And so the question is, how do we know what is right? Who defines what is right? Well, beloved, we have in our hands this morning a book call the Bible, it tells us what is right. In fact, Psalm 19, uh, beginning at verse 7, says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And then it says in Psalm 19, 8, these words, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Talking about camp. We used to sing this passage in camp. We sang a acapella. We would sing that psalm. And I remember growing up uh, singing that, those words, the law of the Lord is perfect. The statutes of the Lord are right. And God doesn't want us to make up right and wrong. God wants us to do what is right. He tells us in his word what's right. And guys, he wants us to do what's right, whether it's convenient or not. Do right when maybe everybody else is not doing right. That's one of the hardest times, isn't it? When everybody else is doing wrong and God comes along and says, I want you to do right. Listen, our world is not going to encourage us to live a life of integrity. To live lives of honor. Our world encourages us to get ahead no matter what. No matter who you have to step on. No matter what you have to do. You do what you need to do to get where you want to be. But that's not what God says in His Word. But our world encourages us to waste our lives on that which does not matter. You got the hymn note before you? I love verse 1 of the
0: hymn. Rise up, O man of God have done with lesser things
2: wait a minute that's a call to give up something have done with lesser things give heart and mind and soul and strength to serve the king of kings so there's a choice he's calling for there y'all realize we can't do everything in life right you realize there are more options than you'll ever be able to explore. Uh, I, I keep bringing this up, but if you don't believe it, just go, just go and try to buy light bulbs today. <laughs> there are more options than you can imagine to, for light bulbs. I, I'm so, I'm sick by it. I just, I just want simplicity. I just want to know f- 50 watt, 100 watt, or even the ones you can click and go one to one. I don't care about all this other. It's so complicated. And, and life is so... And there's so many options and so many choices and we can't explore and can't look at all of them we've got to make some decisions of things we can't even look at and he's saying give up lesser things things that don't matter things that are not worthwhile things that don't have eternal value we don't have time to throw away we don't have time to twitter away we we can't do everything so let's make sure we're doing the right thing and that means we have to give up some things there's some things i don't do anymore why because i want to be there for my wife and my children they weren't bad things. They weren't sinful things. But I'm making a choice in my life. You have to make choices in your life. You've only got so much time, so much energy, so much money, so many resources. And there's times, as well, listen, I'm going to give this up because it's a lesser thing. And I believe God's calling me to something greater. And so if we want to know what's right. We've got to get in this book and see what does God say about this? Read it and study it and obey it. God says what is right. And by the way, what is right was modeled by our Lord Jesus. In fact, verse four says, lift high the cross of Christ, tread where his feet have trod as brothers of the son of man. Rise up, O men of God. You'll never do wrong following the Lord Jesus when you don't know what else to do. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. You'll never do wrong. He wants us to do justly, do what is right. But then we've got to hurry. He wants us to love mercy. Now, whenever God tells us to love something, we better pay attention. He doesn't just throw that word around. Love mercy. We better take notice of this. He says we're to love mercy. Now, obviously, if we love it, we're going to live it out. And so what is it? What is mercy? It's kindness. We're to love mercy and extend kindness to others. We see this displayed over and over again in the life of our Lord Jesus, don't we? And his life was all about extending mercy and showing mercy and healing the hurting and and helping people and welcoming the little children and and helping sinners and and helping all of these people. He extended mercy and kindness. That's why he came. But in our world, this whole idea of loving mercy and showing kindness, it's leaving, isn't it? I'm noticing people won't even wave at me in this area like they used to. Yeah, wave at them. When I when I moved, there, I used to joke. I going to get one of the just put a hand on my my dashboard and just because everybody waved, and now people don't maybe don't like me. I don't know. They wave at y'all. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. They don't wave at.
1: Them.
2: I mean, just, just just simple kind kindness, just just courtesy is gone. He said, "I want you to love mercy." Now that that's not a normal natural thing, is it? Um. I understand a skinny guy. He was sitting at a, at a truck stop. He was sitting at, at the counter. He was enjoying his breakfast. And suddenly three big biker dudes, they walk in the front door. And you know how they are? They're decked out. Maybe I have some here. They're, you know, they deck out in leather. They've got chains. And, and they're just bad dudes. And they come in. And they're coming. Believe it or not, do you believe these bikers wanted to provoke a fight? Can you believe that? They wanted to provoke a fight. And they come in and they, here's the skinny guy just enjoying his breakfast. his mind his own business. And they grab his plate and they begin scarfing down what was left of his breakfast. And he just sat there and watched them. They got done. He calmly got up. He paid his bill. And he walked out the door. One of the bikers said to the waitress, can you believe that guy, that wimp? Not much of a man, is he? She said, maybe not. She was looking out the window. But he's not much of a driver driver either. He just ran over three
1: motorcycles. (laughs) We don't
2: know anything about kindness. We we know about vengeance. We know about getting ahead, but not. He says, I want you to love mercy. Love kindness, not vengeance. Look at verse 2. You're still looking in the hymnal. Rise up, O men of God, his kingdom. Come, long. Bring
0: in the day of brotherhood. Watch it. And in the night of wrong.
2: Love, mercy. Guys, can I just ask you, how are you treating other people? How do you treat your wife? How do you treat your kids? How do you treat your co-workers? How do you treat your neighbor? How are you treating people? Is kindness and compassion and tenderness, is that the way? Do you love mercy? Then there's a third one. The clock is ticking. Walk humbly. Do justly. Walk humbly. Love mercy. There's a message we need to hear today. It's walk humbly. We're so proud at times. We're so arrogant. We're boastful. We strut about. We pretend we have it together. I think it was old Vance Havner talked about there were some that could even strut while they're sitting down. We forget the Bible says, and, and jot this reference down, James chapter 4, verse 6. James 4, 6 says, talking about the Lord, but He gives more grace. Therefore, He says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's pretty strong. He didn't just say, I give grace. He said, I resist. I stand against the proud. And I don't know about you, but I don't want the Lord resisting me. I don't want the Lord standing against me. He says He gives grace to the humble. Now hear me if you hear nothing else today. Don't check out here. nothing else today. Here we're am right about the side. Because this is the key. Notice we're to walk humbly with our God. Now if you're going to walk humbly with God, you've got to know God. You've got to know God. And that can only be true if you come the only way that God has provided, and that's through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, you must be saved. Now, here's what some people do with Micah chapter 6, verse 8, I'm sure of it. They look at this verse and they say, well, it says there, the Lord requires that I do justly, love, mercy, and walk humbly with God. And so if I do those things, I'll be right with God. So I'll do the best I can, I'll help people, I'll try to be just in my dealings, I'll try to be honest and do what's right, I'll try to help people, and I'll do the best thing I can, and then God's going to accept me. That's not what it means at all. That's not what it means at all. If that's what you think, you're 100% wrong. This is not telling you how to get right with God this tells you what your life looks like after you get right with God and you grow in God. In other words, this is the fruit of the Spirit being uh, evidenced in your life. The only way to get right with God and walk with God in the first place is to know God. And and the only way to know God is through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we've all sinned, we've all messed up, we've all failed. And and, and our sin, it, 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 it separates us from our holy God, but God loves us so much That He sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. and, And Christ came and lived a sinless, perfect life. Born of the Virgin Mary. He never sinned. He was tempted in all points, but never sinned. And He voluntarily laid His life down on the cross. And He shed His precious blood. And He took our sin upon Himself. He was buried and He rose again the third day victorious. And the Bible says if we'll turn from our sin and we'll trust Jesus Christ alone, we will be saved. And that's the only way to be right with God. Jesus Himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through Me. So don't misunderstand Micah here. Micah's not saying, listen, in order to be right with God, you've got to do these things. No, what Micah's teaching is, when you are right with God, He's working to bring about these things in your life. You see, apart from Christ, you really can't live out this verse. Not fully. Yes, you can be kind. Yes, you can do those things. But you can't fully do justly and love mercy and walk humbly with God if you don't even know God. And so if you've never placed your faith in Christ today, friend, I pray today will be the day the Holy Spirit Himself speaks to your heart and draws you to Christ. You can express that in a simple prayer to Him. And then evidence the fruit of the Spirit in your life as He works. You see, the key to all of this, the key to doing justly, and the key to loving mercy is to walk humbly with God. You see, as you spend time with God, you become more like Him. you ever notice that that's why we tell teenagers and boys, be careful who you choose for friends, right? Because the more time you spend around them, you become like them. And it's the same way in our relationship with the Lord. The more time we spend with God, the more we become like Him. He is a God of justice. He is the God of mercy. He's God alone. And and we recognize that it causes us to walk humbly, not arrogantly, not proud. When you realize who God is, there's no room for pride or arrogance. There's room for gratitude and reverence and joy in knowing that He is indeed God and He is your Father. And you can walk with Him. By the way, is this verse not a picture of the Lord Jesus? He was always about His Father's business. He was always submitting to His Father. He was always doing justly. And He was always extending mercy. And we need more men like Jesus. That third verse is a clarion call today. Rise up, O men of God.
0: The church for you doth wait. Her strength unequal to her task.
2: Rise up and make her great. We make things so complicated. And we try to do the same thing in our faith journey. And this simplifies it, doesn't it? Listen, here's what the Lord requires. Here's what the Lord wants from you, man of God, from you, woman of God. He wants you to do just. He wants you to do right. He defines what right is. He wants you to obey. In our Sunday school lesson this morning, what did it say? To obey is better than sacrifice. To pay attention. To listen than the sight of Rams. It's not enough just to go through the motions and go through all the things. He wants our heart. He wants our obedience. He wants us to do right. And then He wants us to love mercy. Because when you love mercy, you extend mercy to others. And that's what Jesus did. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. It's about other people. We're to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves, And that's what He's calling us to. We make it so complicated. It's so simple. Do justly. Do right. Love mercy. And then here's the key to it all. Walk humbly with your God. I love that picture of walking with God. Walking takes time. We, we want to zoom on with God. We want to get in the. We want to get in the sports car and go fast. See, the Christian life doesn't work that way. The, the Christian life is a walk with the Lord, and it's day in, day out, growing, maturing, allowing God to work and move in your heart and life, allowing Him to mold and shape you, and and that takes time, and that's where we struggle, isn't it? See, because if you're going to walk with God, it takes time. And you say, well, I'm too busy. Well, that's why He calls you to let go of lesser things. Somebody has said one of the tools, one of the reasons we have what we have in some of these things, Facebook and Twitter and all these things, will show us in the end that we did indeed have time to pray and spend with God. Maybe God is calling you to give up lesser things and really walk with Him. Spend that time day by day. Very simple. Do justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly with your God. But you don't do it on your own. You do it as God enables you and God helps you. Let's bow in prayer. Your heads are bowed. Your eyes are closed. Perhaps today God is speaking to your heart. You don't know the Lord Jesus. In today's today, to turn from your sin and trust Christ alone, you can do that with a simple prayer, calling out to Him, acknowledging that He is indeed God and that you've done wrong and you want His forgiveness and your cleansing, and He will save you. In a moment, we're going to have an invitation to Him. We'd love to help you with that if we can. And the invitation will be open. You can come, and someone will take a Bible and pray with you. And, We'll be glad to talk with you about that. The majority of today's message has been for Christians. What about it, men? What is God speaking to you today? God loves you and wants the very best for you. And he's calling us to do these things with his help. Will you be obedient? Will you rise up? Will you be a man of God? Father, we are grateful for this passage and grateful for your blessings in our life. Go now before us in this invitation and prepare the way. If there's anyone here who does not know Christ, I pray today your Holy Spirit to speak to their heart. Bring them to Christ. I pray for my brothers. I pray for myself. The Holy Spirit would convict and show and help confirm whatever He wants to do in our life, that we would give free course to Him and say, here I am, Lord. I surrender all. So, Lord, we give You glory for what You're doing and what You're about to do. And we entrust this message to You and pray that You'll use it for Your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close with singing that hymn. And as we sing, the altar is open. We can pray with you if you'd like. I'll be down at the front. If you want to come and pray on your own, that's fine too. You're welcome. But let's stand together, sing these words and think about them and allow God to lead you and guide you. 373, will stand and sing, Rise Up, O Men of God.